episode addressing my critics invoking the 30 second talk radio rule I guess I can use music from anybody as long as I uh, just play it for 30 seconds and as long as the uh, if they contact me and say I can't play it then I have to take it down but uh, the 30 second rule so invoking the 30 second rule here that's pink with trouble I like I love that tune uh, so this is the show where I talk about... Uh, I talk to all the people who, uh, you know, they have a problem with me. They have issues with me. They think I'm nuts. They think I'm crazy. They think I'm irresponsible. And I'm going to address some of those today on the show. I'm in my vehicle using a new digital recording device I got for my birthday. I am 39. And uh, yeah, this is the uh, this is the device. This is a Sony recorder deal. So I'm coming to you in in stereo today. Pretty cool, huh? Anyhow, here we go. On with the show. Number one, I want to address that uh, people are saying, people are thinking. Addicts lie, Russ. Well, why believe you? Why, why should we believe you? You uh, you claim to be free. Uh, how do we know? Well, here's the deal. I don't do this show to be some person. I, I don't do this show to be some hotshot. I, I don't think I started it for that reason. I, I, I believe I did not. I may have become that after a while, after you know, getting into recovery and uh, going through the the success of the show and the amount of email and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't do the show just to be some hotshot guy. I don't make a living off this show. As a matter of fact, I'm on the job now talking to you while I drive because that's what I do for a living. I'm in sales and I spend a lot of time in the vehicle. So going back and forth to sales calls. So that's how I'm doing the show today. That's how I've done a lot of shows in the past. And that's just what's going on. Now, here's the deal. If I did fall, if I relapsed, I'm 20 months clean of all forms of sexual addiction. 20 months free. I guess that gives me uh, some ground to stand on. Now, when I went a year without porn and I started the show, I could have went to one of two places. Like, oh, well, big deal, I went a year without porn. Or I could have done like I did and got very excited about the fact that I went a year without using porn. I mean, that was a big deal. I'd never done that all my life. So I stood on that ground and I decided to start the show from that place. And I prayed about it. And I remember just standing in my basement and and feeling, you know, the whole whoosh of God flowing through me going, yeah, you should do that. You should, you should talk about this stuff on the internet. And I did. So, that's the deal. Now, if I did, going back, if I did relapse, uh, I would lose the show. I would probably stop doing... I don't know if I'd stop doing the show. I would talk about it. I'm not going to relapse. That's the deal. I'm pretty confident in the fact that I really don't want to anymore. And that's why 
ASI is a different kind of recovery program because I want to get you to the point where you're not white knuckling it, where you're not uh, chomping at the bit, where you're not sharpening the axe, so to speak. Uh, I want you to get to the point where you don't really want to, where you don't have to put filters on your computer because you don't want to. You know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like tax software. I'm not a big math guy. I really hate doing taxes. I'd rather be I'd rather be beat with a golf club than do taxes. Frankly, I, I I don't I despise it that much. I don't like math and, and carrying the numbers over. And some people love that stuff. I don't. I just don't. I I I don't like it at all. So that's kind of my deal. I don't have to put a a filter on my computer to keep me away from math. You know, I don't. I don't. I, I don't have to put a. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's some accountants out there who are addicted to, you know, W2 stuff like that, but I'm not one of them, all right? I, that's my attitude towards doing taxes and, and that kind of thing. So, and, I, and that's also my attitude towards pornography. I really don't, I don't want to. I, I don't, I'm not going after that. My mind doesn't sink into that place anymore, and I, I have learned how to battle and turn those habits around. So, whether I have relapsed or will ever relapse, yes, I would tell you if I relapse, but I'm not going to. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, but that's not why, okay? The fact that I would lose this show, I heard a pastor say this, uh, Matt Chandler in Dallas, Texas. He says that, you know, if he got caught in an affair, uh, he would lose his job. He would lose his livelihood. He would lose his way of making money. He would lose his house. Uh, and that's not why. He doesn't cheat. That's not why. It's the same with me. That's not why I don't worry about relapse. Because I've, I've ex- starting to get into this passionate exploration of my wife, uh, Matt Chandler. I'm going to put a link on the website to his uh, church. It's called the Village Church in Dallas, Texas. I would, uh, I would challenge you to listen to the first three uh, sermons that he does, the first three episodes of his podcast, so to speak, where he talks about uh, Ravi, Ahava, and Dod. These are three Hebrew words for love. In the English language, we really are kind of ripped off in how we we look at love. Um, There's only one word for love, like I love my car, you know. If you told a Hebrew man, I love my Ahava, my car, he would he would look at you and like what you know you can't have a relationship with your car. So how can you say you love your car? That wouldn't that wouldn't make sense to uh, somebody in that culture. In all our culture, of course, things are different, and that's probably a big part of why we have a, a messed up view of what love is in the United States in the, in the Western uh, civilization, so to speak. That's another thing. I I need to watch is that I know I'm not just speaking to the, the U.S. of A. Most of my listeners, I believe, in the United States, but uh, a big chunk of you aren't. So I, I'm talking about Western culture here. And I would love feedback on other cultures, uh, listeners in Australia, New Zealand, uh, the U.K. I, I, I'd love the, the cultural feedback on, on how this stuff hits you as well. Because culture is important. It's where we live. It's what surrounds us. It's what we breathe the people that are around us. Um, that's another going uh, good segue into the other point that I wanted to make about some of my critics talk about uh, 
I address the Christian ghetto, and, and some people may have a problem with the fact that you know they say I play secular music on this show, and I would disagree. I uh, I don't believe in in secular Christian music either way. It, it, it's all belongs to God, all right? There's there's several scripture verses I could give you. Paul talking to the Corinthians, which was another very warped culture where he was uh, trying to address the Corinthians and some of this stuff, and basically saying that, that you know, it's, it's ours, all right? It, there's no separate thing. There's no, like, the, when I talked about what, quoting Eli and the Christian ghetto and how a lot of Christians seem to want to pull away from culture and start their own culture, and then nobody really hears about Jesus and nobody gets saved, and they just turn into self-righteous pride, a lot of them. Yeah, that's a criticism. That's a, maybe a, a a stab in that direction. But uh, I believe that if you're separating yourself from culture, it's because you think that you know the culture is a disease and you don't want to get it on you. Um, I think the culture becomes diseased because too many Christians or people who are believe in righteousness and stuff like that pull away from the culture. And they start their own culture, and, and and a lot of the times, and what have I've noticed, being in this kind of ministry, is that underneath the surface, they're still warped and they're still screwed up. That just nobody sees it, you know. You can go in. It, it's what I talked with uh, Pastor Rick and, and Pastor Dan at, at AC3. I talked with them about this concept I came up with called the the duck and the sponge. A lot of churches out there, the duck looks great. You know, you go in and it's it's the the they get baptized and whatever, and they look great and they they sound great, but you really don't know what's going on under the surface. So so the water, the spirit, which I would use in this analogy, is the water. The spirit never soaks into the duck because he's trying to look good on the surface so much. Um, now the sponge, the sponge gets soaked with the spirit, but it also it also has to deal with culture, and it also has to deal with living in the real world. So, you know, being a, a Christian and not a, a religious person is is that it is understanding where we're at, and it is being okay with who we are, and it is dealing with our sin on a very personal level. I believe that most of the culture rejects religion, not Christianity. Most of the people out there, your friends, your neighbors, the people in this city that we could touch, that we could change their lives, they don't understand that. They don't understand getting Jesus in their heart. They think it's, uh, you know, you become a Christian and your life is over. They think you become a Christian and there's no more fun. They think you become a Christian and you have to listen to, you know, re religious music watch religious films, no more watching movies, it's all ours, okay, films, music, it's all ours, there's no such thing as Christian music, I like to listen to Christian talk radio, well, great, you know, that's great that there's a talk radio host who talks about Jesus, Thor Tolo in, in, in Seattle, that's great, and I think you should listen to that, my point is, what stirs your affection for Jesus? What's good for you? Going back to Corinthians, uh, where Paul talks about freedom in Christ. Does it stir your affections for God? Matthew 5, you know, the, the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
You'll see God in culture. It won't get on you. It doesn't pull you away unless you think you're this filthy sinner that can lose his salvation because if you screw up bad enough, Jesus won't love you. No, that's Phariseeism. Okay, that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that's why Jesus came to dispel all that. Okay? Jesus was an anti-Semitic. He was a Jew. I, I, it blows me away that people think this. It's about religion. Jesus is trying to break down the religious law that keeps people bound and keeps people away from God. I heard a guy talk about the, the story of the prodigal son, and I would rephrase that to the running father. He, he called it the running father, not the prodigal son. The son screws up, he leaves, the, the horrible story, this, but, but he comes back to his father. And what does his father do? He runs to him. He runs to him, wraps his arms around him. I love you. I've missed you. Where have you been? Let me, let me kill the fatted calf. And a lot of the church looks at, uh, they're the other brother, you know? That's what's wrong with, the, with, the, with this country, with the uh, United States, is that Phariseeism. Um, most people, when you say, I'm a Christian, they think you're a Pharisee. That This culture has, a, has, has redefined Christianity. There was a survey a while back that put evangelical Christians along with prostitutes and lawyers, all right? They, they were not liked as, as the culture looks at us. You say Christian, people think Pharisee. That's what people think. It is not the living water. We are not offering the living water if we're Pharisees. Being a Christian is offering that living water that Jesus offers to the woman at the well. The woman at the well. Remember the woman at the well who goes in the, in the daybreak because she wants to avoid the crowds. She wants to avoid being persecuted by the Pharisees. That's what I'm talking about. This culture doesn't understand what a Christian is. We are part of his body. He is the tree and we are the branches. That, that, that's inside of us. That's, that's, a, that's a heart level. Jesus used massive different stories and parables to, to get his point across because he's talking about the heart. I could imagine that some of the some of the disciples had to look at Jesus and say, you know, why don't you just answer a question directly? You know, isn't there a yes or no? You know, he's always got a little story to put in there. The reason why is because he's trying to get to the heart, to the heart of the matter. Because behavior is on the surface. Behavior is on the surface. It's not the what you do, it's the why you do it. Why do you do it? That's what. That's why my show is different. That's why I do recovery different. Because if Jesus is inside of us, if we take communion, you know, people used to say. Um, I heard a guy talking about the, some of the religious people down in the Bible Belt. He said that uh, you know this woman was afraid to take communion because Paul said, "Yeah, if you don't have your heart right, you know, you could die." Well, here's the deal. If, if so, they think that if they screwed up real bad, or you know, they had a sinful week, or they went back and they're what they said they were going to do and they're not living up to you know the rules that they set before themselves they're not being disciples then they would just no oh, I'm not taking communion no that's the that's why you need to take communion it's because you go back to Jesus and you say I, I've messed up I want to get this right I want to follow you please Lord help me 
please, Lord, help me. It gets to the to the attitude of the Psalms, where David's like, you know, I'm I'm drinking you. I want to drink you. Please, I will die. I'm like I'm like a deer who who pants for you. If I don't give your living water, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna die. The flip side of addiction, the porn addiction says, if you don't have an orgasm this week, you're going to die. You're going to lose your sex drive. You're going to just the lies that it tells you. If you don't have a, if you don't have a sex this month, you're going to die. It's a lie. It's a lie. That's what I talk about. That's what I'm trying to get through. The hearts and the minds. From the mind to the heart, I challenge you to take that journey. Get it out of your head and into your heart. Stop hating yourself. Stop trying to justify. It's not being fake. It's just not being fake. It's being real about who you are and where you're at. And not having to be perfect because you're not going to be perfect. Because Jesus died for our sins in our muck and our sin. And just because you get saved, it doesn't mean you walk around sinless. No, you don't. But if you understand how much God loves you, it's not, it's not, you know, it's the reverse of what I believed as a kid. I believed that I had to obey and I had to be this good person so that God would love me. And it's, it's the opposite. It's actually, you know, God loves me so I can obey. If I, if I cling to that, if I understand that, if I wrap my heart and my mind around that, then I can obey. I understand how much God loves me and how I can draw my power from God. I don't have to worry about white-knuckling it. I, I, I can get to the place where I'm not chomping at the bit. So that's why, that's why I talk about this stuff. That's why I play the music I play. Because you have to live your life in the culture. I think that it's... And now this is... <laughs> I, I'm trying to be very, very... Uh, I'm trying to love on, on the, the evangelicals out there too. Because I know a lot of you listen. I know a lot of you are going to church. I know a lot of you are... Some of you are in ministry. Some of you are, are in leadership in ministry. And you're addicted to porn and nobody knows about it. And you're in the in the position like what Matt said. He said, you know, if, if I did these things, uh, I would be fired. You're doing these things and if you came out because of the Christian culture that you've surrounded yourself with, if you came out, you would probably lose your job. You would be under church discipline. Rightly so, wrongly so. I, you know, I'm not going to argue that, but I'm just going to say that's the way things are. Now you have to live where you're at in that culture, in that Christian culture, in the real life culture. But I think as a witness, I think as we come out, as we addicts come out and say, this is what I'm struggling with. You know, this is who I am. This is, this is a part of me. I struggle with this. Then, then um, you know, the more we can do that, and the more we can be real about that, the more other people will start to struggle with their own stuff and ha deal with their own sin. 
And that segues into another point I wanted to make about complaints from people on the other side. People who are not Christian, people who do not go to church, people who do not believe in Jesus, people who think, well, you know, whatever God you choose is okay, right? You know, it's all the same. And and I want to address those folks for a second. I want to address the word sin, because I think the word sin is thrown around very loosely, I think the word sin and the word repent have been taken out of context by a lot of evangelicals so that people in the culture hear these words and they think, uh, self-righteous person pointing the finger and judging me. And I want, so I want to address those two words and maybe help you on the other side of the, uh, the aisle here address these words because they're important and frankly they're they're misunderstood sin is the disease it is part of the the disease that that has been let out into this world um this is god's creation but there was a thing called the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and something was released from that um the whole story of the fall you know, it's not just the fall. I think there was a series of falls. You know, God burns off the curse with Noah's Ark, which is, you know, that's another thing that's kind of funny is uh, Noah's Ark. and God killed everyone, all right, except for Noah and his family. Everyone was, was burned off. The whole curse, the whole disease was burned off, and everybody except for Noah and his family died. All right, God said, animals, let's bring some animals on board. Let's kill off everybody else because this this thing is we're going to start over. And then what does Noah do? He gets drunk, you know, falls down. His, his brothers embarrassed by his, you know, that whole thing. Noah gets off the boat and he and he, and he uh, puts out a burnt offering as soon as he gets off the boat. Why? To cover sin, you know. And that's what sin is. The the sin is covered by blood. All right. When so, it's cause and effect. It's part of the way things are. It's it's well, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. The bad stuff we do has spiritual consequences in a realm that we don't even see, and that's just the truth. You know, it, it just is. And if you don't believe that, that's fine. But you know, I I pray that you you ask me, challenge me on some of this stuff. I'm not afraid to be challenged on this stuff. I'm not. Um, I had somebody email me and said that you know, they don't believe in sin. Well, I don't believe in sin. Well, you know, if somebody punches you in the face and, and takes your wallet, all right, you got to believe in sin a little bit. That's sin. That's that's not good. That's not a good thing. That's that's somebody imposing their disease on you, and the disease spreads through anger. The disease spreads through resentment. The disease spreads through through unforgiveness. The morning of my birthday, I woke up and I walked out to my van and somebody had smashed out my window and stole my MP3 player. You know, that was, uh, yeah, that was disheartening. That was not to have a fun thing to have happen on my birthday morning. So, yeah, it was like, uh, okay, glass broken. I live in the city. That's part of living in the city, you know. So, 
hasn't happened for a long time. Nobody had the cars broken into. Mine just happened to be. I was, I left my MP3 player out in plain sight in the cradle, on the dashboard, and uh, somebody's greed or somebody's drug habit or somebody's disease fell over on me. And now, if I caught this person doing that, would I uh, just forgive them and say, "Hey, are you sorry?" and brother and stuff like that? No, I'd, I'd probably. I'd probably knock them out. So, a little of my disease getting on them. Or is it? I don't know. That's all debatable. Anyways, that's what uh, that's what sin is. Sin is the disease. Not fighting back is just letting the disease flow. You don't know. You can't discern someone else's heart. So, now when I say sin is a disease, it doesn't mean I don't take personal responsibility for my actions. I, I do. I, I take personal responsibility for my actions. I addressed that last year. Um, that's where I got in trouble with some of the 12-step people <laughs> because some of my critics from the 12-step the crowd were saying, you know, I talked about the disease and how... Uh, here's, here's my view on this, all right? I have a responsibility to choose what I'm going to use to medicate my disease. Am I going to go get well or am I going to choose more anesthetic? You know, it's kind of like going to the doctor and they just keep giving you pain medicine. They don't, you know, well, my, my, my foot's sore. Okay, well, I'm just going to give you pain medicine and that'll take the pain away. Um, you can do that for a while, but eventually that, that whatever is in the foot is going to fester, you know. Kind of like the old adage, time heals all wounds. Well, you know, some wounds it does, and, and time does heal wounds if you're on a track of recovery. It takes time. Yes, that's true. But time in and of itself does not heal wounds. It doesn't. They, they'll fester. If you just keep feeding them pain medicine, the wounds, they will fester. So I guess my, my problem is, and I, what I would challenge the 12-step community with is not looking at behavior as the disease, but something much, much deeper, something deeper in the heart. In my situation, I I wish, I wish, I, if I could go back in time and heal a lot sooner than I did, I would have made a lot less of a mess of my life. I would have caused a lot less heartbreak of, of my wife, who I love tremendously. My wife is my bride, my, my sweetheart, the, the person on this world that I love the most, and, and I've hurt her to the core. She constantly has to battle this not trusting me. I don't blame her. You know, she, she's going back and forth in her mind on wh who I am, where am I at. I'm pretty confident in where I'm at, but she doesn't know that. She can't see behind my eyes. She can't. She has a hard time discerning my heart. But she. But I love her tremendously. And if I would have chose to heal when it was just a porn deal, that's why I'm. 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 I love the show. That's why I like doing the show. Is because I can talk to you. Because I didn't have a me. You know. That's why one of the biggest reasons I started this show is I didn't have a me telling me this stuff. All right. I'm telling you this stuff now, so it doesn't get to where you're banging prostitutes. All right. Or doing something else that's stupid, or slipping down and further into the disease. Don't embrace your disease. Don't just decide, well, I'll live with my red lizard. Don't do that. It ends in heartbreak. So repentance is 
knowing you know that you did wrong and you're wanting to make amends you're wanting to turn from your ways you're wanting to change that you're wanting to uh, you feel guilty you feel shame and you don't want to continue in that behavior oh, the problem with addicts is is like a like a dog who throws up its vomit and then returns to eat it we, we continue to uh, go back to the thing that we just threw out of our system that is the uh, the horrible thing of addiction that is when we need to break patterns that is when we need to confess that something's wrong in us that something's broken in us that if we if we say one day I repent from this or I turn from this or I won't, won't want to do this behavior anymore and then we return back to it that is you know that's just that's just addiction it's the, it's the dictionary definition of addiction and that's what uh, that's what repentance is alright that's the definition of repentance to feel bad for a behavior and to turn from it and we do that but then we turn back why do we do that that's probably why you're listening you know, and, and people, the problem with the religious community is they will look at that, you know, you'll confess to your pastor or you'll go to confession or something and, you know, if you're a Catholic, whatever, and, and you, you confess and then, and then the reaction from the other person, if they're not stuck in addiction, if they don't understand addiction, usually their response is something like, well, well, why do you do that? You know, I don't do these things. Why would you do these things? Why can't, you know, why don't you just stop it? Because they don't understand. And instead of trying to understand, they get self-righteous. They stand there with, uh, you know, hands at their hips and say, well, I'm, I'm this person. Why don't you just stop doing that? No, it doesn't work that way. That's why they call it addiction. That's why people in this country, the United States, for example, spend billions of dollars trying to stop doing things that they want to do you know the dieting the diet uh, campaigns I mean the, the diet is an industry dieting and losing weight in the United States of America is a billion dollar industry multiple billions are spent on just trying to stop eating things that are making us huge or making us fat or making us unhealthy that's just an example of wanting to turn from something and not knowing how. So that's what I mean by repentance. Anybody on a diet is repentant. Diets usually don't work because they, they focus on behavior and not the heart of the issue. Programs that focus on the heart of the issue and if the person who is in the program can get their heart around that and not their mind they end up shedding the behavior. So that's what I talk about. That's what this show is about. And uh, if you're a critic, if you have problems, uh, continue to email me. It's russ at asi247.org. But yeah, all the old shows are coming down, including this one. And I'm going to start a whole new season. So thanks again for listening to The Critic Show. I could go all day with The Critic Show, but I think I'm going to stop here. I'm out of time. I'm going to leave you with a song, again, by a band called Kill the Alarm. 
The song is called No More Excuses. I love this song. There you go. Good morning. Today is a new day. Follow to excuses for mistakes made in the past 